In the next hour, we want to put a smile on your face, elevate your endorphins, and bring you happiness. Welcome to Say Yes, Be Happy with Natalie Botros. We spend so much of our lives chasing happiness, it might just be where you least expect it to be. Natalie and her guests are going to show you how and where to find it. And now, your host, Natalie Botros. Hi, everyone. I'm Natalie Botros, your host, and welcome to my show, Say Yes, Be Happy. This is a show about happiness, about positivity, about finding the silver lining in every aspect of our lives. And each week, I take another subject and get amazing guests and talk about it. So this week, we're going to talk about our work life. I know that this last year, we had a lot of challenges, and I'm going to have a special guest that I will introduce very soon to talk about it. Did you know that 30, we spend 30% of our lives working? So imagine if we couldn't be happy in our job, what will happen? We will be like 30% of our life, one third of our life miserable. We have to find the solution to that. The good news is my guest, let me talk a little bit about her, is an expert in this. She is, she is one of the world's top 50 most influential headhunters. And she closely partners with her global clients on senior level searches. But today she's going to give like her wisdom to us. <laughs> she appears frequently on television to offer her expertise on the current trends and issues in human capital. She's regularly quoted in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times and Forbes on leadership, succession planning and market trends. She's here with us to share her expertise so we can all find happiness in our job. Please welcome my guest, Jeannie Brentover. Hi. Hi. How are you, Jeannie? I am fabulous, Natalie, and thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have you. Like, we've been talking about this for the last month, like, to have you on my show, and we did it. <laughs> so this are. is a good so, news. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. So, you know, Jeannie, I want to first start from the beginning, because, like, you're in this business for a while, but you, you started everything um, with your executive search firm, Brand Harbor Associates. So could you explain us and what made you decide to open your company because you were married with kids, you, you put everything in. <laughs> okay, well, that was, this was actually before, I, after I was married, before I had kids. So, you know, I actually went to school for elementary ed at University of Maryland, and I thought I was going to be a teacher. And that was my thing. I loved kids and I also love teaching and I love mentoring. So um, when I graduated, my I was married like very young uh, immediately. And my sister was a headhunter. And she said, this is so for us because my dad was a businessman that he had clients all the time. And I was very comfortable, as you know, talking to anybody. So, uh, so basically I fell into headhunting and after six months, I really realized it was my passion. It was my happy. It was something that just was natural. It wasn't work to me. It was just something that I enjoyed doing. So after six months, um, my boss at the time basically um, told me he was going to take all my clients and give it to someone else. And I would have to start over again. And I thought, I might be blonde, but I'm not stupid. So I went to my dad and I said, Dad, will you... I would open my own company. He said, Jeannie, you're 22 years old. <laughs> what are you, crazy? I said, no, I know I'm really good at this. I'm really good at this. Will you give me $6,000? And um, I went to my mom and I asked her if she'd be my 
secretary. So I got this teeny, teeny, teeny office, and I basically had a folding table, my mother and myself, and started <laughs> dialing for dollars and started my firm. So I then built it up and uh, five years ago, sold it to DHR International, which is one of the largest search firms in the world. And I'm now with them and I brought my team over and we are just having a blast. And, you know, I think the most important thing about me is I'm an entrepreneur and my my own personal passions are helping people and mentoring people and making a difference. And my job allows me to do that. So I've been very lucky that I was able to satisfy the entrepreneurial side of me, helping people. And that's basically what I do. And that's how I'm here today and what I love to do. That's amazing. So the shift from your own firm to selling it to DHR International was like, was a decision that you wanted to have some free time for you? Although I know that you work nonstop, so I don't know. <laughs> well, not anymore, not anymore. I actually get my sports and I get my good times. And, yeah. um, you know, what really, what happened is, I, I obviously, I'm not 22 anymore. So a lot of years have gone by since I started. And, you know, my, my sons are successful and out of the house and I'm divorced. And I really was realizing that I was just working too much because when you have your own company, which many of you out there probably have, it is all consuming. You love it. You're passionate about it, but it also takes over your life. And I really decided if I wanted to have any free time, it was better for me not to be the boss anymore in that respect where I had to keep on the lights. And so it worked out beautifully because working for the reason I chose this company, and this was very important because I really feel that if you're not happy, you can't do your job well and you just can't live your life well. And I had to find a company that was right for me. And DHR International is a privately held company and very entrepreneurial. And that fits me. And fitting into a company's culture is essential for your happiness. So I really felt a real connection with DHR. They are family run. They are, they care about you. They care about their people. It's very collaborative. It's very team oriented. And that's me. And that's really how I had my company. And that was the culture of my company. So my people came with me and all of us are incredibly happy together because we're getting to do what we always did and what we've always been really good at. But I don't have the responsibility of literally keeping the lights on anymore. But I do have the responsibility of doing the part of the job I love, which That's is working nice. with my clients and working with my candidates. So it's worked out fabulously. So um, just explain to our listeners exactly what you're doing. Companies are contacting you or individuals can contact you too to find a better job. Like how, like how the process goes. Okay. So I'm an executive search. And basically what that means is a company comes to me and or comes to an executive search firm, or executive search professional, and says to us, I am going to hire you to find this kind of person, whether it's a chief marketing officer, whether it's the head of accounting controller, whatever it might be. And then we go out and find the right person to do that job. So we're working with the company who comes to us. And then we're also working with the individual who's looking for a job or most often is not looking for a job. And we approach them to hopefully find them a better job for their lives. So the people that are worth my knowing is really everybody. It is the company person who is sitting in a, a role that they're going to hire 
or it is the person that's maybe unhappy in their job and looking, or a person that just wants to know a recruiter because you never know when you're not going to be happy, or more importantly, a really great opportunity might be out there and you want to know about it because you also always want to better your career. So I talk to individuals, employees, you know, employers, everybody, because I try to make a marriage and make the best possible situation for both of them. So basically, you're the matchmaker. <laughs> That's right. I'm the exactly. matchmaker for careers. And then, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But so you have like the companies, you know what they're looking for. And you have all these people, all those resumes that you have. And you just like put them together. Right. And, you know, the biggest tool, and this is important for, I think, everybody out there. The tool that I originally thought was going to stop me from being able to do my job, but it's really turned out to be one of the best tools ever is LinkedIn. And, you know, LinkedIn is a tool that my, you know, we can be known to the individuals and to the companies, but also we can go find the greatest candidates because of the, how they are on LinkedIn. So, you know, our, our network and how we do our jobs is really essential for getting to know people. Oh, that's amazing. So people have to have a great LinkedIn page so you can you it know, makes attract, a big difference. Exactly. They, you, they can attract your attention and then you can start recruiting them, basically. It's the way to differentiate yourself. The better your LinkedIn is, the more attention it will get and the more connections. The more connections you have with the right people, the better chance you have of just networking your way into your next job or finding you're happy, or even connecting to people that you think are important to have in your life. Yeah. So let's talk about our situation, the market today, what's happening. I mean, we've, we've been through COVID. Everybody, yeah. Hopefully, like, hopefully we're through. <laughs> exactly. Let's hope that we don't have a lot of variants coming on. But at the end of the day, everybody was working at the offices and like most of people started to work remotely and the market changed. So what are like besides remote? I mean, we will talk about remote working or working remotely. Sorry, but what are the change in the market in the in the job market that you see? It, the pandemic literally changed my job. It changed our lives. It changed the way people are hiring. It changed the way people are interviewing. So during the pandemic, what we found is, you know. As a, as a recruiter, I had to say to myself, how are my clients going to hire? They're not meeting people in person. You know, people aren't going into their offices. And it was really a game changer as far as figuring out how we're going to make this work. So clearly, you know, clients and, and our firm really thought about how we can get through this. And so the pandemic actually had us hiring people without being met in person. So Zoom has become a huge or, you know, meetings, yeah. different ways of video interviews. But the most important thing is we really learned that you can learn about people through video and not just in person. And it also taught people, how do I Zoom well enough to get my personality across? You know, this is an art, how to interview when you're not meeting in person. You know, how do I look? How do I dress? How do I, how, what, what is the background? You know, at first I had some people that were literally in their basement having <laughs> interviews because it was the only place in the house that they could get privacy. I was like, yeah, but look what they're looking at. They're looking at your toolbox. So, you know, it's really important that that was a big change, but Zooms are here for good. 
So it's it's going to be different when we go back to the offices, but we're still going to have Zoom meetings. We're still going to be working remotely, many of us, and we're still not going to travel like we used to travel to, to go to on interviews and different things. So the pandemic changed the way interviewing is going to be run forever. It also changed the way we're going to work forever. Um, and I think, you know, what the since the pandemic or, or now, you know, what is happening as far as the job market to answer your question, you know, the job market is a candidate's market right now. Believe it or not, there are so many companies hiring, which was not the case at the beginning of the pandemic. But now that it's coming to an end, companies are optimistic. The, the, you know, the stock market has been positive. People are feeling like they can live again and buy again and shop again. So at the end of the day, there's plenty of companies that obviously got very hurt during the pandemic, but there's also a lot of companies that Double, tripled, you know, their revenue because of you know being able to deliver, to yeah. be able to you know uh, get to you and get you to shop, you know, their their way, or being able to get it to you. So there are some companies that literally are doing so well, and some entrepreneurial firms that are doing really well. So what what you're we're really finding is there's sectors and and industries that are really hiring, and there's functions that are really hiring. So the kinds of functions that are really, obviously technology, which has always been the case, but specifically digital, social media, things that, you know, now the world is so remote that any job that gets to the public or gets to the consumer or gets to somebody at home is growing. And so the functions in marketing are big. The other thing that's huge and it's going to continue to be huge is business development and sales. The only way a company can really beat out another company is by having better sales, right? And so how, how do they sell? They sell through digital and the internet, and they also sell the way they've always sold through personal networking and contacts. So business development and salespeople are a very big function. The other function that is is very much hot right now is finance. So making sure that their financials and their cost and the way they're doing things is as good as possible. So controllers, CFOs, accountants, CPAs, you know, that's big as well. And also, I think at the end of the day, you know, if you're Every level is really hiring. So, for instance, you know, you go to a country club, they're having a hard time finding help because so many people, you know, have choices right now. Mm -hmm. You find in, in, you know, stores, they're going to go back and they're going to need people. So there's a lot of need for for people to be employed right now. But the, the real answer also is going to be, you know, is it the kind of job that is right for certain people? So that's that's going to be the tough part as far as everything working out for each individual. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and also I think there's the other thing before, you know, like if you wanted to recruit someone, you had the location problem. Now they don't need to be in the same city. If like, if it's for a firm in New York, they can be in (laughs) all around the world basically, and they can have access, you know, and like do the job. Well, Natalie, you bring up a great point. It also gives an individual looking for a job so many more options than they did in the past. So in the past, you know, if you got called by a company or if I called someone and I said to them, you know, I have a, a position in San Francisco and the person is in the Midwest, my client would say, Jeannie, this person has to relocate. Mm-hmm. Now, many companies are saying you can work at home. 
You can work remotely. So it's giving someone so many more opportunities of companies to work for than if they had to stay in their local location or move to get their next job. This way, the whole world is really open to them because they can work from home for any of those companies. And so it's a really exciting time for people that are looking for a job or working because there's so many more opportunities to get that next job if they want to get another job. That's amazing. That's really, really amazing. So um, I, I, I'm getting some questions. Some people are asking, well, it's like, how do, do they have to update their LinkedIn account? Because they, they keep receiving, you know, like the wrong job offers. And I know that it happens a lot because, and I think that you can help us on that matter. Sure, they we can, can talk do. about, well, you know, The first thing that I tell people, when people come to me and say they're looking for a job, the first thing I say is, is your resume excellent? And is your LinkedIn as good as it can be? And what does that mean? What it means is if somebody is going to find you, what are they going to find when they look at you? Is what you are having on your LinkedIn the person you want represented? Is it the, if you're a marketing person, does that show? If you are a accounting person, does that show? Does it show what you want to do? Does it show your strengths? Does it show, you know, who you are as a person and as a business person? So there's so many things now you can put on it and add to it, you know, not just your resume, but getting endorsements and who are you connected to? When I very often in, in talking to a new potential client, They are looking me up on LinkedIn or someone on their team is and finding out who is Jeannie Branover. Is she credible? What is her background? What is okay. her career? What has she done? Who does she know? Who is she linked into? And I've actually had some people say to me, oh, Jeannie, we have so many similar um, connections that makes them comfortable. So you really have to make sure that your LinkedIn is absolutely the best it can be. And the other advice is look at other people's LinkedIn that may be in a position that you're looking for and see what their LinkedIn's look like. Because it's very important. It, it's really who you are and it's what differentiates you in the market. Great. I want to talk about this a bit more, but we're going to just take a short break um, and then we'll be, come, we'll be back. In the meantime, I just want to say we're talking with Ginny Brentover about finding happiness in your job. So if you have questions, just send us the questions or call us in and we'll, we'll answer you the best way we can. See you just after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is something missing from your life and you can't define what it is? Are you someone who seems to have it all yet are missing the most important thing to be happy? The Hungry for Happy online course may just be what you need now. Natalie Botros has created this course for you to find happiness, regardless of your body issues and or relationship status. Take the online questionnaire now to find out if this is a good match for you at thebond-vivantgirl.com and click Happiness Course. Whatever your budget, Natalie, the happiness fairy, has set up plans to help everyone find their happiness. Get a preview of the curriculum before you take the happiness plunge. Visit the bond-vivantgirl.com and click happiness course. In Natalie's own words, What do you have to lose? Say yes. Be happy. 
The Hungry for Happy online course is waiting for you now at thebond-vivantgirl.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. To reach our show today, we invite you to phone in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to bvg at thebond-vivantgirl.com. Now, back to Say Yes, Be Happy. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Natalie Botros, your host, and we're talking with Jeannie Brentover about finding happiness in your job. Just before the break, we were talking about writing the right LinkedIn profile because a lot of recruiters, they really look into it. and and Every also, recruiter looks into it. <laughs> <laughs> every. And, but there's another thing that recruiters look. It's all your social media accounts. So... Jeannie, what you were saying during the break to me, <laughs> well, like Facebook, I, I mean, for example. My sons will probably shoot me for saying this, but when my, <laughs> um, I have two fabulous sons who are doing incredibly well, and, and they both found their passion, and that means they found their happiness at work. But I told them, you know, when they were starting to look for jobs to clean up and really look at their Instagram and their Facebook. You know, what's on there? Are you drinking in college? Are you, you know, partying too hard? Are you, are you just showing a little bit too much of sharing to the world? Because once it's out there, it's out there. And very often when we're doing background checks or we're looking up someone if they're credible, we're looking all on all social media. So whether it be Instagram, whether it be Facebook, whether it be other sites, it's very important that you, every individual is very, very cognizant of where they are, what's being said about them, what interpretation is being said by seeing it. And if you are someone that is going into corporate America and you want to climb that ladder, you get better make sure that you look the part and your background and what you do personally looks the part. You know, everybody's different. If you're in a different kind of um, industry, maybe some things will be okay when you're in, in, a, in a corporate accounting environment. It yeah. may not be okay. So make sure you determine what's right for you and what's being said and looked at about you. Yeah, it's very I think important. Don't overshare. I mean, if you're looking for a race, don't show that you're partying or traveling all around the world. <laughs> exactly. I don't exactly. Like it doesn't Your work. lifestyle could say something about how much money you need. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't, you know, like that's like the, the funny part of social media. Some people just like show what they, they want other people to see. They don't show like how hard they're working. But and, and also, unfortunately, remember, yeah, the message right, is but wrong. There's also, I think a lot of people forget that, you know, Facebook, we all love to be on Facebook and sharing with our friends, but you can limit who sees it. And I think that's really important too, because many people share with everybody just wanting to be out there showing, you know, how what fun they're having. But you really can limit it to a certain amount of people, a certain amount of friends. And those are the kinds of things you've really got to think about in the world of work. You know, what do I want to look at? Even though this is personal and even though this is fun, it's in today's world, everything's related. Who you are at work and what you are at home, it's very much intertwined now. 
Of course. I mean, yeah, don't overshare, basically. It's like, right. keep it don't like, overshare. Your, like keep it with your close friends or family and you don't need to put it out there. Exactly. Everyone. Don't don't any picture that's out there, it keeps getting out there. So exactly. keep it to you yourself. Keep, exactly. You cannot delete it. It's like right. it's out there. Once it's out there, it's out there. You got it. <laughs> so let's say someone is unhappy for their job. It can be for any reason. It can be the salary, the the, the company, anything. What do you advise them? I mean, I always say try to define why you chose this job and try to relive that moment. But if if someone comes to you and says, okay, I need, I, I'm unhappy because of my job, what would you advise them? What are the steps to define that it's the job or like it's something else? What are the steps? <laughs> well, you know, you're so good at what you do because your your background was psychology. I think The first thing I say to people when someone's and many people say to me, I'm unhappy with my job. But the first thing I really say is, what are you unhappy with? A lot of people just say I'm unhappy with my job or I'm unhappy, but they haven't really identified what is it that makes them unhappy. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of things. So let's let's go over what that could be. So I'm unhappy with my company. I don't like the environment. I don't like the culture. Well, that's serious. If you don't like the culture of your company, it doesn't matter if you change jobs in the company, you're still with the same company. So that's a big problem. And that means you've got to leave. Then there's other people that will say to me, I don't like my job. Well, you don't like your job. Is there another job within the company that maybe could be happier if you're happy with your company, but the job is not the right job for you? Is there another job in the company that could be right for you? Other people say to me, I hate my boss. Well, can you move with it? But I love my company. Can you move within your company and have a different boss? So the first thing I think that's really, really important when people say, I'm happy with my job. Is it your job? Is it your boss? Is it your company? What is it that you're unhappy with? And once they identify that, then they can really make a plan. It's very important in at work to have a strategy, to have your personal plan, to have your goals, right? So mm-hmm. once you identify why you're unhappy, well, if you're happy with a company, is there a way you can move around your company, go to human resources, you know, talk to the your network of people how can you find another job within your company then there's the people that really have identified i really 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 hate it here i cannot stay another minute longer how do i go and find another job and that's the really i think a lot of people think finding a job is easy it is not easy it is work Finding a job is no different than working. It is really working yourself to find yourself your next job. You can't rely on anybody. You can't rely on a headhunter. You can't rely on your friends. You really have to rely on yourself. And so what does that mean? And, and it's very similar. LinkedIn, number one. Am I correctly on LinkedIn? Am I projected correctly? Is my resume on LinkedIn? Now, if you're employed, you've got to be careful that you're not showing that you're, you're looking, looking for, for a job, job. <laughs> right like you shouldn't be writing i'm open to job opportunities but on the other hand everybody has their background on on linkedin even the ceo is his background or her background on linkedin so it's very acceptable compared to years ago to be totally on linkedin to have you know everything from endorsements to um you know what you like what groups you're with you know everything to show you who you are so that's the number one thing you have to have linkedin up to date current 
as great as it can be, joining the right, you know, different um, groups that they offer so that it shows someone that you're active on LinkedIn. And then the next thing to do is really make sure that your network is utilized. So every, every one of us has a network. We have friends, we have colleagues, we have the school that we went to, we have the alumni association. There are so many, so many ways to connect to people today to ask for help. Mm -hmm. So that's the most important thing to have a strategy and a list, get your LinkedIn, contact your school, Make sure that your personal network, you have it, you know, whether it be in your context, that they're up to date. And then you make a plan. How am I going to get this word out there or slowly tell people or actively tell people, depending upon how much you want it, and then make sure that your resume is as good as it can be? Because remember, you're... Yeah. Sorry. How do you do a good resume? Right. A, a, A resume is critical because... When I get a resume or companies get a resume, it literally is one glance and it's either in the garbage or not. So it's really important that it's short, that it's very concise, that it differentiates you from somebody else, and it just doesn't list what you've done. It has to really say what you've done that makes you different than somebody else or makes you look like you've accomplished something and made a difference in every job along the way. So that it's it's not a five minute write a resume. It is weeks of writing a resume and tweaking it and making sure it's as good as it can be. I always advise people, show it to your friends, show it to people that you know have found a job, make sure that your resume is as good as it can be. And that it really, number one, it has to be true because if there's Companies, I've seen companies actually fire people because they lied on a resume. So it's critical that your resume is truthful. That, you know, if you don't have a college degree, do not put that you have a college degree. Companies will do background checks and will make sure that you are what you say you are. And if you're not, it's a real issue. So getting a resume there, you know, there are people that write resumes for you. There's services. But to me, you really want to write your resume yourself. You want it to be correct about your background. But the most important thing is when I look at a resume, I go from the person who they were to who they are now and have they progressed? Have Uh, they learned? Have they made a difference? Have they, you know, you know, gotten somewhere that they have achieved it because of what they did before? And that's really important. And you check also the stability. Like, would you like if they're volatile, they change a lot of jobs. Like, you're like, okay, maybe this is red flag. Well, you, or you know, yeah, not yes and no. You know, I've got to say, ten years ago, twenty years ago, look, look at like you know my father or or people's you know older yeah. generation. They didn't change jobs at all. They were in the same job from the minute they you know got out of school or all the way to you know the minute they stopped working. Today, it's totally different. There are certain sectors technology and, you know, some sales jobs. There's a lot of positions now that if you change jobs every two years, it's acceptable. Years ago, I would have called that person a job hopper. But then there's also other jobs that changing jobs every two years is unacceptable because a company will say, well, what difference did you make? And how did you manage those people? And what difference did you make in those people's lives if you left them in two years? So, you know, and the other thing I think that goes along with that, Natalie, is you when you interview, 
You have to make sure that you know your resume and you know what it says on it. Because I've actually interviewed people and they had the dates wrong in their mind. And I'm sitting there with the resume going, but you say that you did this. I was like, oh, so it's really important that you, when you're selling yourself, you're selling yourself as to what you've told that person in advance is you. So that a resume is your, it's almost like you're your walking resume, right? You can't get away with who you are. You can't, you can't change it, but you can make it as good as you can on paper and the way you sell it. So much is the way you sell yourself. Of course, of course. And also, do you advise like during the interview now, like most of the interviews, I guess they're on Zoom. But do you always advise to send an email to thank you after? Like, like what are the little oh, tips around, you yeah. know, like doing an interview? Let's say I want to change jobs. I send my resume and I have this interview. What happens? Okay. So number one, critical. And I cannot tell you how many people do not do this and it's just terrible. Prepare for the interview. And what does that mean? Number one, research the company. I, I once had a candidate say, the client said, so what do you know about the company? And the person said, well, all I know is Jeannie said it's a good company and that's why I'm here. <laughs> and, the, the, you know, hello. So the most important thing is today's world, you can research unlimitedly, right? You can read, you know, annual reports. You can go online and, and see what the company's like. You can go to their website and find out what they like. You can see what their earnings are. It's imperative that you show the company that you have taken the time to research them because otherwise they're going to say, why are you here? You don't even know if you like our company. So that's number one. The first thing you do when you get a re- um, an interview is research the company. The second thing is everybody's out there on LinkedIn. Everybody's out there on Google. Research the person you're interviewing with or the people you're interviewing with. Make sure you know what that person is. I also always LinkedIn myself. I will link in with the person that I'm interviewing with or that I'm talking to so that it's like, you know, I'm looking very forward to speaking to you this afternoon so that it, it sort of gives you a, you know, heads up. And most people want people to be active on LinkedIn. It says something about their network. It says something about them. So research the company, link in with the person and look at the position description, which you probably will be given in advance and really, really read it. And then how am I going to sell myself to that position? Yeah. So, you know, at every position, they say you must have blah, 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 right? Or we're looking for these qualifications. Well, then I'm going to prepare. How do does my background fit those qualifications? But I'm doing it in a very concise, very pointed answer so that I'm not rambling. Okay. Most candidates and the biggest mistake people make is they answer the question in 20 minutes versus two. And so when you're prepared and you think about your background and how you're going to sell your background, it's clear to me when somebody is prepared and somebody isn't because they can pick out from being prepared what answer they're going to give. Not that you can give canned answers, but you've got something in mind if somebody asks for examples, if somebody asks, you know, have you done this before? You're ready to say, yes, I have. These are the examples. Yes. Okay. So... The first thing is LinkedIn. It's like, you know, like do it yep. well. Um, I have a question about LinkedIn when we were talking before. If like I receive, for example, a lot of 
you know, connection requests, but from some random people, do you accept everyone? Should you, you should not accept? Because like, I know that that's some, a great some, question because some people, they, they just like connect and they want to sell the product, obviously, but like, there are like so many connections. That requests. is whoever wrote that to you. It's a great question. And it depends upon who you are and what your job is and what your need is to have people on your LinkedIn. Okay. I'm a recruiter. I want to know people. Right. So it's not a disadvantage to me to, to, to say yes to people because the bigger my network is, the more people I'm going to know. Then there's other people that are in a niche that might only want people that are like, I know some people that are like in machine learning or in, um, you know, artificial intelligence or whatever. They really want to keep their group small because they want to know their network and they really intimately know their network and they just don't want a zillion people on their network. And then you really have to say to yourself, what is your purpose on LinkedIn? Is your purpose on LinkedIn to get your next job? Well, if that's the case, yes, you want to be picky because you only want people on your LinkedIn that are going to be worth your time. And also, don't forget what I said before. People might look at your LinkedIn and who you're connected to and judge you by that. So who you have LinkedIn with, you know, if you are a manager of something, you want to make sure that you're in the network of those other people doing what you do. So it says that you are up to date in your industry. You're connected to your industry. You're connected to the right people. Connections make a huge difference. And, and you know, one other thing to, to, to say about LinkedIn, it's very important that um, when you're looking for a job, you say to yourself, okay, these are the companies I want to work with, or this is the industry I want to go in. Well, you're going to use LinkedIn to get there. And this is where it's really important to know LinkedIn. So if I want to work for, um, I don't know, pick, pick a, a, a major bank, well, then I can use my LinkedIn, go in, see who is in the hiring position or in the management position in the area I want, mm-hmm. and I'll link in with them. And I'll say to them, I'd really love, or I'm, I'm very interested in your business. I'm very interested. I, I would really appreciate connecting with you and learning more about your area. That's really critical because that's giving you a network within the area you're looking for a job. So you can use LinkedIn to connect to people that are important to you. And then okay. once they linked in with you, you can start a conversation. It's really an important tool. Okay. So we're going to take our second break. I'm Natalie Bochos and having this amazing discussion with Jeannie Brentover about finding happiness in your job. And she's giving us great tips. We'll be back shortly and take more questions. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Is something missing from your life and you can't define what it is? Are you someone who seems to have it all, yet are missing the most important thing, to be happy? 
The Hungry for Happy online course may just be what you need now. Natalie Botros has created this course for you to find happiness, regardless of your body issues and or relationship status. Take the online questionnaire now to find out if this is a good match for you at thebond-vivantgirl.com and click Happiness Course. Whatever your budget, Natalie, the happiness fairy, has set up plans to help everyone find their happiness. Get a preview of the curriculum before you take the happiness plunge. Visit the bond-vivantgirl.com and click happiness course. In Natalie's own words, What do you have to lose? Say yes. Be happy. The Hungry for Happy online course is waiting for you now at the bond-vivantgirl.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. To reach our show today, we invite you to phone in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to bvg at thebond-vivantgirl.com. Now, back to Say Yes, Be Happy. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Natalie Botros, your host, and I'm talking with Jeannie Brentover about finding happiness in your job. We are receiving a lot of questions, but in the meantime, we have a caller from New York, Neil. Let's take the question. Hi, Neil. Hi. Hi, hi, everyone. Hi, Neil. Um, hi, Neil. You know, uh, I just want to thank you, Jeannie, about that LinkedIn. Um, I kind of like sat, made it sit idle for, for quite a while. Um, so, yes, I will take your advice and, uh, and, and do an update <laughs> for that. Um, Definitely. An update, that is, Neil, an update is critical. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, question I had, I, I have two questions. It should be really quick. One is regarding resumes, right? So um, taking off older jobs, um, you know, I, I felt like I needed to do that. Um, it kind of showed my age a little bit, and I felt like, um, you know, I don't think they, that this really applies anymore to my job, even though it does show my experience. Uh, but I felt like it just showed a little bit my age. So what's your thoughts on that? That's a really good question, Neil. Um, first of all, you know, as I said before, you can't lie, but you also don't necessarily have to show everything. But when you're asked, most people, when you have, when you're seasoned, which I call myself, right? Um, you don't put your date of graduation from school, right? And that, you know, most people don't unless you're like three years experience. And then your first job, as you said, had nothing to do with what you do now. So, or your second or your third or your fourth. But we have to be careful of is when you're in an interview and they say to you, you know, oh, did you start your career in, you know, 19, whatever, you can't lie. So I do agree with you in the respect where do you have to put every single job from college to your, you know, your first three jobs on there? No, but where you have to be careful and you cannot skip jobs is once you have said, okay, this is where my career started from then to now, you can't skip. You have to show everything. And you can't lie about that. You can't say, oh, you know, these two years, I really didn't, I didn't like that job and just skip it. You can't. So if you skip years in the beginning 
and then explain it in the interview. Or a lot of people will, what they'll do on a resume is they won't put the years, but they'll say held various positions, um, you know, in sales and marketing previous to starting this job. So you can put a little bit of a, a sentence saying that this isn't your first job, but they don't know the years. They don't know whether it's two months, three months, six years, whatever. But you can definitely take that part out. But once you interview, you have to explain it. Right, right. Okay, thank you. Um, the second question is, is really regarding, I, I guess, promotions. Uh, and, um, you know, I've, I've been trying a lot of uh, different avenues, um, you know, getting my name out there, uh, talking to senior management. Um, and I was, I was thinking, is, you know, you want to get to that next level. Is there, is there any, like, quick tip that maybe you could provide us um, for, for something like that? You know, that is really important. So it, it actually starts, Neil, when you start with a company. It's about finding a mentor and finding the right people to help you get promoted. So this is part of the word networking I talk about. It's essential, whatever job you have, it's really important to do a great job, but it's very important to look up and see, you know, who do you need to know? Who's going to help you get to that next level? Who can be your mentor to help you get there? It's critical. So hopefully, you know, your question is also, you know, if you have a mentor, Neil, it's critical to go to that person regularly so that that person is giving you advice and helping you and hopefully helping the network know how good you are to help you get that next promotion. So one is you've got to be your own advocate. You've got to make sure that people know who you are. You've got to make sure that people understand the job that you're doing and that you're doing a good job. And also when you're being evaluated, it's really important to listen to what is it that you're doing well, what is it that you're not doing well, and to ask questions, you know, what do I need to do to get to the next you know, level? What do I need to do to, to get my skill set or get known? But even as important, it's important that the people around you know what you want to do next, because if they don't know, they won't know to promote you, or they won't come to you. So years ago, everybody waited for somebody to come to them. It's now in a good way, important that you let people know what you want. You make sure you're doing the network to get it in a way that people can handle, not, hey, I want a promotion. Give me a promotion. That's not going to work. But it's the networking for the right job. It's the getting to know the right people. It's finding the mentor. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Great. I hope Good it luck. helps. <laughs> Good luck, Neil. <laughs> I think we lost him. <laughs> okay. So I have another question from someone else who's, who's, who wants to know, the balance, work-life balance, especially I think now that we're all work remotely, there is no cut from, you know, like home life, house life, social life to work life because like we wake up, we go to our desk and we, we start working. So how do you advise them to take that, you know, find this balance? I think everybody, everybody needs a work-life balance. And I think many people have lost it in the pandemic. And it's not anybody's fault. It's just somebody said to me the other day, I get out of bed, uh, you know, my kids are, you know, busy or they're out of the house. 
there's really nothing for me to do except check my email, except get to my desk. And I don't have to take a shower. So I'm already working at seven o'clock in the morning. And, and then, you know, and with the Zooms, companies aren't thinking twice of saying, oh, we're going to have a Zoom at six o'clock at night. We're going to have a, you know, we're going to have a, and, and everybody thinks for a while that the cocktail Zooms were fun, but, you know, having another meeting at seven o'clock at night, even having a cocktail, you might still be talking about work. So life work balance is essential. And I think moving forward, because there's going to be many, many, many people working remotely forever. I think it's very important that each individual recognizes how hard they're working. Is it okay with them? Is it healthy? And what is it that they're going to do to make that balance? You know, whether it's every day doing exercise, whether it's literally saying I'm stopping working at a certain time, uh, whether it's taking time during the day to say, okay, this hour, I'm going to go and exercise. But work-life balance is you, you literally cannot be a happy person if you don't have some kind of balance. Okay. Yeah, that's great. We have another caller, Alba from New York. Hello, Alba. Hello. How are you, ladies? It's fine. We're fine. Thank you. Great. Um, Great segment. Um, I did want to touch more a little bit about the work-life balance is how do you go about just trying to make sure that, that your senior leadership understands how key it is? I think that, you know, I, I work in finance, for instance, and I think that people have just kind of dominated your schedule because they just think you're available all the time. And so how could you politely, if you can even, suggest that, you know, I, I do need to get some, I do need to get a break here to right. your directors and your bosses? You know, I think that is probably the best question I've ever been asked. Um, and I, and I, one of my specialties is financial services. So, you know, I think this is a very common question, you know, and in today, and, and I know you're, you're seeing this, senior leaders are working really hard too, right? And they, they aren't really empathetic to those people that, you know, how hard everybody's working. It's like, you got to get this stuff done. So I think it's, it's, it is actually very important for you in a way that you feel comfortable to let it be known that you need a break, whether it be, you know, you're talking to your senior leader, you know, my schedule is, you know, I'm going to take my daily break at three you know, whether you're exercising, whether you're walking, whatever, and it's letting them know that this is what you're going to be doing. And you'd be, you'd appreciate if he didn't, or she didn't do a meeting during that time. So, you know, I think it's a two way street. You have to start telling whoever the senior leaders are that you, you know, there's a certain time that you just need to, you know, stop and, and whatever, they don't need to know what you're doing, but they need to know my calendar is, I'm going to be busy during this time. And that's very important and they will respect it. And there are going to be times, you know, you know, as well as I do, some bosses at eight o'clock every morning, they have a call. Well, then don't take your break during that time, but take your breaks when you know that it's culpable for your senior leader, but let your senior leader know, I'm not going to be a heads up, not going to be available on, you know, Thursday at four or every Thursday at four, I'm going to take a course, whatever they are going to, you'd be surprised if you give them a heads up and it's not interfering with something that is a usual thing, they're going to 
respect you for saying something and abide by what you're asking. I try it. Okay, I will. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Alba. Bye. Bye. So, yeah, so many questions, you know, like it doesn't stop. Like people are like really, we're kind of lost. It's true that it, it eats our personal life. What you're, you were saying before Abbas call is it's true. We wake up, we don't need to shower. And then we made the mistake to open the computer and it's done. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you an, exa- you know, I'll give you an example of what I was just saying to her. So one of someone I know very well um, said to me, she has two little kids, a husband working, she's got a, a job and, you know, she literally has to feed the kids. Right. And she said to me, I don't understand why my boss every day decides at noon that we're going to have a meeting <laughs> when I have to feed my you know, children. Yeah. And I said, tell him. And she was like, what? I said, tell him, just tell him that this is the time that you need to feed your children. Could he move the meeting an hour? Yeah. And he did. But, That's you know, yeah. a, a huge communication. Pan- you got it, Natalie. A huge part of the pandemic is you need to communicate in a reasonable way for reasonable reasons. And people will listen because everybody right now is human and going through the same thing. But you have to communicate what's important to you. And you'd be surprised how you'll get what's important to you. But it's up to you to ask for it. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you. Like they're like, I have like a lot of questions, but we're kind of out of time before I start my bye-bye blah, blah. I want to know <laughs> what makes you happy today? Okay. So, so the, first of all, it's, it's a really good question for me. Um, what makes, well, what makes me happy today is being here with you and talking to all these people, but what makes me happy in life? And, and, you know, this is something I think about all the time. First of all, um, making sure that my two sons are happy is, you know, obviously what every mom wants in their life. But for me personally, besides my family, it's making a difference in people's lives, making an impact that I can help them. That's a passion of mine. Um, I want to be a mentor and a good mentor of people, particularly young people that are, you know, coming up in the world. And I really believe in giving back And for me, if I can make a difference, if I can help people, if I can be a mentor and be a good mother, I'll be a happy person. Thank you so much, Jeannie. It was great. If people want to contact you, they can find you on LinkedIn. <laughs> and LinkedIn. Please, LinkedIn, exactly. And please, my, my podcast is on all podcast platforms. So show me some love on Apple Podcasts. Great comment. And show me your love. <laughs> And also next week, we're going to have another guest. We're going to talk about summer weight loss, terminating inflammation with Lori Shemek, and, um, and also how to find a happy way, happy and healthy way to lose weight. Goodbye for now. Thank you so much again, Jeannie. And, Thank you, Natalie. You're awesome. And I talk to you all next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. Please join Natalie Botros for another show next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen to this program again or any of our past episodes on demand and on your favorite podcast platform. 
Until next time, keep saying yes and find your happiness. <laughs>